Hello and welcome to I Got That One, a University Challenge Appreciation Podcast presented by me, Tom, and me, Yvonne. Well, 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 look who it is. It's us. We're back again mm-hmm. for episode eight of I Got That One. Yay. And uh, this is another special episode for mm-hmm. us because this is the first time we're in an apartment of our own. Yes, in uh, Zurich, Switzerland. We just moved in last Saturday. And uh, yeah, we've actually recorded this show in three cities, two countries right now. We are a very international podcast. Indeed, yes. Although this does mean that we were not able to watch the show live for mm. the first time in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. which meant we couldn't live tweet, which was a bit of a shame. Yeah, I really missed the live tweeting because uh, last week was so much fun. Yeah, it's definitely a shared experience, which mm. hopefully we can get back on before too long. Mm-hmm. But that depends on, you know, a few factors. Yeah, it depends on getting BBC on our TV or, in other words, get getting the landlord to get BBC on our TV. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. But if you're wondering (laughs) why we weren't uh, tweeting along, that's why. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is an interesting one because we have a very old institution and a very young one. Which is weird because it's St. Andrews versus Cambridge. Yeah. Specifically Darwin So Darwin uh, Darwin College Cambridge was the younger of the two teams. Yes, Mm -hmm. it was set up in 1964. Mm -hmm. It was also right next to my high school. Oh, really? from college, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember walking past every now and then. It looks, you know, pretty bleak, I'll be honest. (laughs) Is Darwin uh, among the youngest of the Cambridge colleges? I think so. It's a graduate college, so you only go when you're doing your master's or your PhD. Yeah, I mean... Or as they call it, MPhil, DPhil, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then, I mean, considering some of the colleges in Cambridge were founded as far back as, what, 1300s, 1200s? Yeah, I think that's the oldest uh, Cambridge college. Yeah. Ah, yeah, and so they were up against St. Andrews University. Which was set up in 1410, making it the Mm. third oldest university in the UK. Very impressive. On the coast of Fife. Yeah. So really, really cold over there. (laughs) It sounds cold. Yeah, Mm. even Fife sounds cold, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, like a gust of cold wind. Yeah, like a whistling (laughs) element to it. (laughs) And um, even Mm. though Darwin is a post-grad only institution... Uh It had a very young uh, average age of 25. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like it's very recent um, additions to it. Yeah, and uh, some very interesting post-grad disciplines as well. Absolutely. You had Barbara doing a PhD in plant sciences. Specifically at the National Institute of Agricultural Botany, Mm -hmm. known as NIAB. Mm -hmm. And then we had Kessler um, from the US, uh, Texas, doing a PhD in genetics. Yes, he's from Houston, and he looks a lot like what I imagine Sam Houston to have looked like. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Milowicki, the captain, uh, another American. doing From an Cleveland, M- Ohio. Yeah, doing an MPhil in film and screen studies. And then lastly, James doing early modern history. Yes, and uh, I have to say that uh, Willow Wiki definitely showed that um, she knows her stuff when it comes to... Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, in fact, right off the bat, I thought that the Darwin team was extremely diverse. It was a really great spread of subjects, sciences, sure. as well as arts, humanities. So mm-hmm. Definitely well done. And then on the other side, we have St. Andrews, average yeah. age of 23. And they're all undergrads. At yes. least they didn't specify if they were or were not doing under, uh, postgrad stuff. Yeah, and so uh, we had Sherlock, um, Sherlock, (laughs) yes, doing international relations and modern history. Yes, Holtzman doing mathematics and theoretical physics. Holtzman, uh, the third American in this uh, round. And then the Captain Martin Kemsar doing economics. Yep, and then uh, Mr. Err. 
doing philosophy. Who's from New York. Mm-hmm. So four Americans this Four round, Americans. Right? Half of the um, half the panel is from across the pond, as indeed, it were. Indeed, indeed. So uh, I guess that's the introductions. And let's just launch into the thing. And mm-hmm. uh, well, um, looks like we have a repeat of last week. Yes, with uh, one in particular shining star, would you say? Yes. Can you guess who it is from hmm. the names we discussed? Yes, so very much like his namesake in literature, <laughs> yeah. uh, this Sherlock definitely knows his stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although, yeah, I mean, it's only a surname, but oh my God, was he terrifying at some points. Yeah, yeah, he had a very impressive range of knowledge and he buzzed in a total of nine times. That is impressive, with only definitely. one incorrect buzzing. I think he had a couple of incorrect really? ones, but I think that really goes to show how eager he was just to give it a shot anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely not like last episode where Webb was really the only one buzzing yeah. in first team. Yeah. At least on this side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just him. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Sir definitely buzzed in a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holtzman really showed up every now and then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even Earp, well. yeah. uh, he buzzed in twice, both times looking incredibly relieved that he got the question right. <laughs> yeah, he did. So, yeah, I remember the first time he kind of he, he released the sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, he got one of the final questions. Uh, he buzzed in one of, the, one of the last few questions. Exactly. Well. It looked like he was really racking his brains, and he actually didn't buzz first for that one. Yeah. So I think he was just relieved he was able to finally remember it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, thankfully, Willow, he got it wrong on the, the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Martin Kemser came in with, I think, about two sort of questions and Holtzman came in with three. So, yeah, like you said, it wasn't just Sherlock or you know any one personality really carrying the team. It seems like a very good, balanced spread of impressive people. No, absolutely. They were a fantastic team, mm-hmm. not just in their breadth of knowledge, but how they work together. Yes. I have to say it was a delight seeing Sherlock and Holtzman just talk with each other it was just like a casual chat at a bar between two friends exactly and (laughs) thing is Holtzman looks eerily familiar with someone I probably knew either watching online or uh, someone I've met in past life or something was it the what the hairstyle the floral shirt the earring kind of it was a mix of all things Uh, but yeah I mean he was those two were great I mean Mm -hmm. Kemsa was you know pretty decent Martin Kemsa Martin Kemsa Mm -hmm. was a fantastic well yeah. Not the best captain, I would say, but mm. that's not saying that he was bad. It's just that we've yeah. definitely seen much more decisive decision making from other indeed, uh, captains. Indeed, I was also going to say that I thought Martin Kemsa was a bit more of a laid back captain. It's not a bad thing. I mm-hmm. think it's just that because maybe Sherlock and Holtzman were driving the discussions a bit more, yeah. he was comfortable with kind of looking to them, kind of feeding off of their energy and their responses a little bit. Yeah, I think it's also just it's very hard when you have two highly yeah. charismatic individuals right next to you to yeah. really shine yeah you have to respect her who you know very <laughs> very clearly knew i am not going to uh, you know be able to make myself heard here yeah but he, he was stoic i think he was stoic he was oh, absolutely yeah he kept focused throughout whereas on the darwin, darwin side, side yeah well the five whole minutes that they were alive uh, yeah. they were <laughs> unfortunately mm. uh, see here's the thing they were not terrible mm. they were they definitely knew their stuff is just that they were incredibly late to buzz in yeah but you know at the same time okay so looking at the the, the whoever from darwin that buzzed in right so milo milo came in four times mm-hmm. uh james came in three times kessler only once and that was just as the gong sounded at the very oh, end of the match yeah. as well. And unfortunately, Barber, I was unable to buzz in. So in terms of balance, I really think that Milowicki was, was 
probably the strongest. James oh, also sure. very strong. But in terms of the balance that St. Andrews had, um, Darwin just didn't match up. Yeah, I mean, James was strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely knew his stuff, but very particularly that stuff alone. Yeah. And I feel like... At least I got the impression he didn't really confer a lot when he didn't really know a great deal. Yeah. Um, Which is not necessarily a bad thing because yeah. if you know you don't know, it's best to not dilute the conversation. Exactly. Uh, but I, I mean, from my perspective, I kind of saw it as Milowicki and James. They were mainly the two main people that were conferring on the Definitely. team questions. I feel like with the other two, there wasn't that much of input. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I kind of forgot that Baba was part of the proceedings, to be honest. Yeah. Which might seem a little bit harsh, but... I mean, I don't know if you're going to be on the show. I really feel like you need to prove it at some point. Yeah, but I guess, I mean, as we've said before, sometimes you, you do really well in the qualifying um, tests or whatever. Yeah. But then when you're on national television, things are totally different. So That's true. Yeah. That's very true. But unfortunately, we will not be seeing them try and redeem themselves because they only got a measly 90 points. Yeah, so definitely already kicked out. Yeah, that's definitely far below what's required to become part of the uh, best four losers. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, St. Andrews are very commanding 255 points. Yeah, very impressive. Very now impressive the highest show. score in the first round of this season. Uh, no, you actually forgot about Birkbeck, who caught 295. Oh yes, that's mm-hmm. true. Oh my God, how could I forget about Birkbeck? How could you indeed? Yeah, they were also truly, truly astounding. Yeah, and it kind of made me think about you know how exciting it would be not only to see something like a Sherlock versus Webb situation, mm. but also a team like St. Andrews up against Birkbeck or against Open University, yeah. who were, you know, older teams, mature teams, but then they also scored really well. They were very, very impressive. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of an older, mature team against a younger team like this. Definitely, for sure. I think there are a few really strong teams to look for now. Yes. And I'm glad that we have, you know, personalities uh, yeah. inside them as well. Yeah, because. Yeah. I cannot wait to see more of, not just Sherlock, but Sherlock and Horseman. They are my new crime-fighting duo <laughs> that I'm rooting for. Yeah, they kind of look like that, don't they? Kind of, yeah, Sherlock and Holtzman, Sherlock and Watson. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I saw that was one of the comments on uh, YouTube. Uh, why did uh, Watson change his name? <laughs> uh, so I guess that moves us swiftly on towards our favourite questions. Yes, so um, the question that I really enjoyed was the musical round. Yes. Yeah, so um, it was all musicals, obviously. Um, but the theme was somehow musicals to do with girls or, or women in the title. No, the um, theme was Broadway shows brought over to the West End yeah. by a particular producer. Yeah, but then if you look at the title, so Legally Blonde, Funny Girl, Dream Girls, all very kind of The producer has a type, what can I say? Yeah, it was very funny to see that kind of question going to a team of all guys. And Holtzman really, really shone uh, this round. He seemed to know all, every single one of the, the Oh answers. yeah, he definitely knew his stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I come from a family where two <laughs> people know that musicals very mm-hmm. well and they would have been flummoxed at his knowledge. Also, I love that it was the Book of Mormon that was the starter question. Yeah, so how did that start? Ding dong, hello. Book of Mormon. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Makes me really want to see Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm, me too. We'll have to try and find some kind of performance. My other thing, which I thought was interesting, was the first picture round. Okay. Which was a location of German capitals and states. Yes, yes. And then you had to name both the city and the state. Mm-hmm. And that's a tricky one. Yeah. Because there are, I think, 20 states in Germany. Mm-hmm. 
And they can be very difficult um, states to remember. Yeah, and you have to be very precise, right, also? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because I think they only got one, right? Uh, that is um, St. Andrews who answered it correctly. Yes, yes. They only got one of the three correct. One in North Rhine-Westphalia. Yeah, North Rhine-Westphalia. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the only one I got correct was uh, Kiel in Schleswig-Holstein. <laughs> I got none of those, right? Which I only know because of an incredibly nerdy thing I will not get into. Oh, really? Oh, come on. All right, fine. It's in a game I play. All right. You happy now? <laughs> <laughs> Moving very swiftly on from that uh, re- revelation, uh-huh. the other picture around was just uh, standard French paintings, mm-hmm. but it showed that Willowicki, she knows her Milowicki. stuff. Willowicki. Willowicki. Willowicki, even. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, you know what it is? It's because I keep thinking of Mike Wazowski for some reason. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Maybe it's just, you know, Polish Sunday yeah, names. Yeah, I guess seem... the name is kind of a mashup of Mike Wazowski and Willowicki. Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. But, but you know, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest tragedy of uh, this um, lopsided yeah. score is that we're not going to see more of her mm. because we do not have many female captains. Yeah, I mean, we've, we had a few in the earlier rounds. Yeah, I mean, we have Durham through, I mean, as in who are through to the next round. Yeah. Durham, open. Mm. So, and that's the thing, there is definitely a problem of a gender imbalance mm. in uh, university, challenge. university challenge teams. Yeah. Mm. I think the last team which had a female member in the final was in 2018 mm-hmm. which was uh the one with uh, the german dude yeah. yeah i can't remember the name either but i mean hopefully we'll see a bit more of an address to that imbalance later mm-hmm. on because i don't know just it's a better uh, cross-section of uh, the demographics of university students i think yeah yeah well my money's on open university right now i think actually yes that's uh, yeah. something i want to talk about of the teams we've seen so far who are through, mm-hmm. definitely, mm-hmm. we have eight teams so far. Mm-hmm. And I think it's them, mm-hmm. Birkbeck and St. Andrews, who are definitely mm. ones to look out for. I think so too. I because so too. whilst I thought that Glasgow and Durham were both pretty strong in their rounds, yeah. I don't think, unless they really wake up in the second round, I'm not sure we're going to see them progress beyond this point. Mm-hmm. And like we said before, it's not just about that one personality. It's about the whole team coming together like a beautiful symphony. Yeah, although having said that, I'm sure Durham did very well because I think Captain follow us, follows us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> thank you for following us. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, fingers are crossed for you. It's just, <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's uh, the our favorite questions. So now we have to move on to the most important part of indeed, any university indeed. challenger conversation. The best dress. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think we are both in absolute agreement that it was Holtzman. <laughs> yep. He looked amazing. He looked amazing. We had to zoom in uh, a few times on his earring just to figure out what it was. Exactly. It's not just that. He had the eyebrow piercing, the Mm. heavy glasses, the flowery shirt. His hair and his beard was just magnificent. (laughs) Right, right. Really um, very, very interesting personality to watch. Oh, no. He is a man who definitely grooms well. Mm -hmm. And hey, you're national television, so you might as well make the most of it. Yeah. And I think we should make a special uh, mention for Sherlock because he wasn't well-dressed. Opposite, in fact. <laughs> he was very slobbly dressed. With, well. I think it's a first, broken glasses on national television. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if it, it was because his glasses broke or was it a particular kind of style? No, I think it might be that just before recording, he broke his glasses, didn't have a spare, <laughs> needs them to be able to see the picture around and just decided... To hell with it. I'm going to 
do this look now this is me now yeah exactly and you could see that it's not a style he goes for because every now and then he was trying to adjust it uh, to make it sit on his nose but you know he's got pretty <laughs> thick rims just like uh horseman, horseman does so it's just leaning onto one side of the face yeah yeah <laughs> it was just funny i mean it, it, it's memorable hey it definitely added to the mystique of the quirky uh Both character that he seems to be going for. Yeah, yeah. Also with the long ringlets hair that he played with coyly on national. Yeah, television. his hair was great actually. His hair was amazing, yeah. but uh, I think that uh, that shirt I'd seen a couple of days away. Possibly, I'll be honest. Possibly. But hey, you know he's on there because he's good at what he does, not yeah. necessarily because of his wardrobe choices. Yeah, but still, you get to get uh, featured on our best dressed. I mean, exactly, and it's because of your. Uh, We've decided now BFF to your side who uh, got in there first for you. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, we've covered all that we really need to cover. Is there mm-hmm. any last thoughts you want to bring up? Yeah, actually, I thought that Paxman seemed a little tired this he round. He did, and mm. I don't know what it is because he was his fairly usual safety at the start of the round. Yeah. But then near the end, uh, especially in the, the goodbyes, because as we discussed last episode, he definitely has a love for Cambridge teams. Yeah. But uh, this time, he just was like, oh, never got started. Okay, bye. Bad yeah. luck. I think he was just very disappointed. It was just cursory, yeah. Although his goodbye to St. Andrews was also fairly cursory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he seemed a little bit kind of hesitant when he said his goodbye from St. Andrews. Yeah. So, are you right, Pax, sir? Yeah. He seemed a bit low energy. Maybe he's uh, got a bit of uh, low blood sugar or something going <laughs> maybe, on. Maybe. Maybe he just didn't have dinner or something. And I also felt like, uh, you know, towards the end, he normally reads the questions a little bit faster. But he yeah. didn't really do that. He kind of was taking his time. It seemed definitely much less fast-paced than normally. Yeah, it might have been because he, he saw this, you know, widening gap between the two teams and he figured that... You know, probably Darwin wouldn't be able to catch up anyway, and they're not coming back as the highest uh, floor losers. So basically, so. hold on to the shovel that uh, St Andrews are using to bury <laughs> uh, the Darwin team. Yeah, pretty much. Who knows what the reasoning is, and yeah. he'll probably never tell us. Yeah, but it's definitely a change from usual, where he's mm. just burning through those question cards. Yeah, yeah, especially towards the end. So. Maybe he was running out and had to stop. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> Maybe they ran out of questions this round. It's. I mean, that would be very surprising. <laughs> I wonder if there is a maximum number of questions. Yeah, yeah. How many do they actually prepare? And, and what well, was the most number of questions ever asked on University Have Challenge? they ever run out of questions? Mm, if anybody out there knows the answers to these mysterious questions, please let us know on our Instagram. Yes, or on our Twitter, which mm-hmm. is steadily gaining uh, followers. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to be a little bit more active on our social medias. Yeah. And as always, if you liked what you listened to, please do interact with us. Give us a rating on your podcast uh, device of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, share us. Uh, talk to your friends, your family. Mm-hmm. Just spread the word. And because you know we are just a small, um, yeah, you know we're up and coming podcast. It really helps if you help spread the word out yeah. because we are we're getting some traction mm-hmm. more so than we expected, mm-hmm. and we'd like to see that continue. Yeah. But uh, that's enough uh, touting around horn. It's now to say uh, goodbye. So it's uh, goodbye from Yvonne. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>